It is 11 after 7 on News Talk ZB. Time to chat rugby from the weekend that was. Joining us now, former All Blacks halfback and uh, key member of our Gold AM iHeartRadio commentary team, and Strawn. Evening, Strawny. Thanks for joining us. Evening, Elliot. How are you doing? Yeah, Evening good. Slot, mate. A little bit, a little bit different. Yeah, something a bit different. Um, first and foremost, can you see anyone outside the Blues and the Crusaders lifting the trophy in a few weeks' time? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I just said you, you, know, you, you brief around the, the top eight. Uh, you know, that quarterfinal stage. And I mean, I, look, I totally agree with you from a Highlanders perspective. Uh, you know, they'll be able to stay in the race. They're a team with a lot of momentum. And yes, as we all probably sit back and go, the Highlanders and the Blues are consistently the form teams in this competition. You know, one match where they might falter, and that could be the end of them. So a team like the Highlanders, for example, are, you know, a team with full of momentum. They're playing with, the, you know, the expression that Tony Ward, uh, Tony, um, has put into their system, you know, and they're just playing with so much more confidence. So, mate, it's, a, it's an interesting race, isn't it, to the final stages? It certainly is. Look, we called the Blues and Reds on Saturday night. That was a pretty good performance from the Blues. They're sweeping aside these Australian teams after a wee bit of a scare against the Force, a couple of big wins at home. They're going to be tough to beat if they can keep hold of that home advantage through the playoffs, aren't they? I think that's the key to it, actually. I mean, we, we talk about those two, you know, top two or three teams uh, you know, their home field advantage is absolutely, you know, magnificent. And the, and the Blues have started to fashion a really consistent record, whether they be at home or away. Uh, they are starting to play really well at home. And I think these last couple of rounds will give them a, ch- a chance just to tidy up some of those areas, which we mentioned in commentary, that they actually do need to work on. Um, so some time to prepare, but you'd have to say certainly the, the best team heading into the playoffs. What are those areas that, from a Blues perspective, you'd like them to tidy up heading into the, the knockouts? Well, well, this uh, this year's group have actually built on a, a really strong culture. I think uh, they've got all their pieces in the right place. Uh, the management, coaching staff are all uh, well connected. The players are building depth. Uh, they're playing a good style of football, which expresses the profile of the group. Uh, but I think most importantly, they have tidied up their defence. But one of the things we did mention the other night is that they, they do tend to knock off a little bit in game. And, uh, you know, the Reds actually not a bad attacking side. And when they set a couple of their strike players, they actually did expose uh, the Blues' defence. So uh, they won't want to be knocking off you know, when you come up against maybe a Crusaders team at the sharp end. So uh, defensively, I think uh, consistency over 80 minutes will be a challenge for them. We've called the, the Blues since 2017. I think that first year they didn't win a single game at home or might have won one at the very end. What have they managed to change over the last couple of years uh, to turn them into a real force? Is it simply down to the, the coaching they've got and a couple of key pieces like, like Bowden Barrett in the mix? It's, it's, a, it's a big question, mate, I think, and there's lots of pieces to it. But I think fundamentally with Liam McDonald and obviously the crew he's built around him, Tom Coventry springs to mind, Daniel uh, Helen Gahu, Craig mm. McGrath. They've got some very, very good exponents in this region uh, who have added some real flavour in terms of the way they coach. And I think they're, they're contrasting, they challenge each other. And I think they've got their identity right. So finally, you know, this Blues team are representing the region. I think they understand who they are, what they represent. Uh, and obviously the way they play the game um, is, is well thought through, uh, really strategic but obviously all those critical core skills and the critical profile of the group. So we talk about players and profile. You have to have the right players to play a certain way. And, uh, you know, I think they've just covered all those bases really well. And it's a well-galvanised team, and, and, you know, they're showing that every weekend. Let's move on to the Crusaders. Good win for them over the Brumbies on Friday night. Uh, do you see them as the team most likely to, to knock over the, the Blues? Have they got enough pieces there, or are they taking a step back from the last couple of seasons? 
I mean, they are sitting well on the table, aren't they? And, and have been relatively consistent. But we got such high expectations of a Crusaders team. And, you know, they have faltered in some matches. And I'm sure uh, Scott Robertson and his coaching team and the players will know that they've got some deficiencies and not quite travelling as well as they, they probably were last year. Really tough to keep reinventing yourself when the Crusaders, with the legacy they have and the, the times they end up at the sharp end. Uh, so, you know, it'll be a good hard look at themselves week to week. Uh, they're still travelling OK, but I'm sure they want to be playing at just a slightly higher level, a click or two above where they're at. But we know, of course, when they're in that uh, in that semi-final final stage, uh, they're always a threat to win this competition. Yeah, the Hurricanes in uh, the game we called yesterday, the Chiefs are uh, both fighting back against their Australian uh, opposition. Um, I, I guess with, with those teams, they've got to be pleased that they fought back into those contests. But again, they left the doors open for these Australian teams probably a bit too much than they would have liked. Yeah, and I mean, again, we talked about the Highlanders' momentum at this point in time. Well, the momentum between you know the Chiefs and the Hurricanes, where they're kind of always going, to, they're going to be up in that sort of top end. Um, but you know, they're not really playing 80-minute football. I'm sure the, the way it's, it's supposed to be scripted, whether it be on the defensive or offensive side of the ball. So, you know, they're still kind of working through significant improvement. Um, but in saying that, you know, they they have the the wear for all and the, and the mental fortitude to to come back when they're almost gone in games, I mean look at the Chiefs yesterday uh, to come back and win at the death, so you know that stands a team in really good stead, because when they're in a fix, they're down, they know they can come back um, but when they actually do really put everything together, as I say, everything that's been scripted pre-match, uh, you know they're both both a threat, uh, obviously at the back end. Uh, we've had about what four weeks now of the uh, the Australian comp, uh, or the crossover games, uh, Strawny uh, has the gap closed really on last year, or were we perhaps still a wee bit fooled by the Brumbies over a couple of weeks and that Waratahs win over the Crusaders because this weekend it was 5-0. and No, nah, I mean, this would probably sound a, a little bit critical, but I, I don't think so. Um, nice pieces in the various teams they have. They've got some players playing very well. But across the board, when you, we've got to talk about 23 players too, not 15. If you go through all the squads, there's significant deficiencies in a number of places. So when players come off bench or when players are, are started with minimal experience, uh, generally speaking, they get exposed through a game when the real pressure comes on. So they might get into a lead, but when the heat comes on from a New Zealand team, they tend to falter. And I just don't think they have the depth uh, at this point in time um, to, to, to sort of really push hard for the for the final. Um, in saying that, I, I could obviously be wrong, but uh, that also transfers a little bit into the Wallaby makeup, you know. But the Rennie will have a very good group of players to select from. So I think the Australian team will be competitive. And Storm with us on News Talk ZB. Uh, halfback, obviously an area you know well. There's a bit of discussion on Jason Pine's program yesterday around the three people who had taken their all-black squad, putting on the spot a wee bit. And, but, um, but who are your three that you'd select in, in an all-black squad at this point? Well, I think when you look at three halfbacks, you know you, you can't pick three the same. Um, but you obviously have to have all three of them with similar qualities in some respect. And that's probably just around ball clearance, the core skills. There's a lot more kicking in the game nowadays. So uh, the, the distribution and the kicking needs to be on point all three. But then you've got to start building in a bit of a contrast because, you know, three RPECs, one's got to come off bench normally. And if you lose a player, you've got to be able to sub sort of sometimes like for like. So the three for me that stand out, Smith, um, some best of his game, but he has experience. You know, at the Sharpie and how good he'll be. He's very competitive and he's a great leader, a very good communicator. Fakatava's the contrast. And, I mean, you know, his performances have been you know, really, really good in the last few weeks. 
and he just brings something to the field uh, that a team needs at, at that juncture. And he could start games too, but he's probably a, a better off-bench player. And, of course, I think Finlay Christie has probably just come past Brad Weber. Um, similar types of players, but, but Christie, to me, uh, is making really smart decisions. He's a competitive defender. And, of course, Skills, we mentioned before, are very good too. So, for mine, um, it would be Smith and Christie, and then, obviously, you contrast sitting in there with those two as Whakatawa. Indeed, all right. And Strawn, final question. I've got no context for this whatsoever, but someone said on the text line asking how your, your hands are. You're doing a bit of gardening yesterday, and someone says the hands are soft these days. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> we did a little fundraiser for our club team, G-Tech team, and we're at North Harbour Stadium, uh, Stadium pulling out some bloody echo cancer things. And yeah, my, <laughs> my, uh, my soft typing hands, mate, are appalling. So I've got lots of blisters today. I'm feeling very sorry for myself. Oh, you heal heal up uh, quickly and appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us, mate. Cheers, mate. That is Ant Strawn, former All Blacks halfback and uh, key member. Expert comments on our Gold AM commentary team.